What's going on, everyone? It's Greg Williams and Shakia Sykes. Welcome to the Grier Project podcast series. Now, you're probably like, Greg, what does Grier mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's five different letters that mean five different things. Gender, race, inclusion, equity, and allyship. Right, Shaq? Right. It's a podcast series that centers on celebrating diversity within New York City Department of Social Services, Human Resources Administration, and the Department of Homeless Services. We'll spotlight cutting-edge DEI practices and broaden listeners' perspectives on current DEI issues. On this episode, we're actually going to talk to Wasita Francois, a holistic wellness specialist and a fitness trainer on radical self-care. What else are we going to talk about, Shaq? We're going to talk about stress. We're going to talk about psychological safety and so much more. Tune in. Anything from movement of the body, whether that's yoga, whether that's stretching, whether that's a boxing class to a sound bath, you know, whether it's a sitting meditation, whether it's walking in the park, holistic wellness, whatever works for you that is movement of the body and mind that helps you relieve stress and anxiety and feel better in general. Thank you, Arcita. We have a Pennsylvania connection. Nice. I went to high school in Stroudsburg, PA. It's not as cool as Philly, but it's a small town in Pennsylvania, so we have that connection. Nice. Um, so I want to talk about radical self-care, which is about taking care of things at the source rather than just sugarcoating or managing the symptoms. So can you tell me, you know, over the years, we heard a lot about self-care, especially like during 2020 when we were working from home, you know, we had to do a lot of, we realized we needed to do a lot of self-care work. And then a lot of DEI issues came up during that time. Can you explain why has self-care become such an important topic? One of the reasons I think throughout the pandemic, we learned the difference between self-care and maintaining. So self-care for us, meant I'm at the spot, it's on Instagram, check me out. We learned what it's really like to be quiet and sit and relax and enjoy your family and take a bath and read a book, right? Which is very different than maintaining and looking good. Those things are great too. Massage is great, but there's also just pouring into yourself in a different way. And I think we realize we're also stressed out and anxiety and depression shows up sometime and being rude or being frustrated or your patient could be with your children, be with your coworker, with your partner. So when you self-care for yourself, you just improve the world in general. I agree. That's awesome. And also we were left, especially during that time, we were left to kind of think about, you know, where are all these issues coming from? What's the root of these issues? Uh, so can you share as a wellness professional, how would you promote radical self-care? I think radical self-care means being okay with keeping your cup um, all the way full. That's something I've really been stepping on hard this year. I'm like, listen, keep your cup full. No such thing as pouring out. And I say that because when your cup is full, meaning you're caring and loving yourself, even the outpouring is filled with riskness instead of pouring from an empty cup or half full cup and really giving your coworkers or loved ones or friends and family the crumbs of you. You want to let them have the riches of you. Thank you. Now we're going to shift uh, just a little bit from radical self-care shack to stress. Yeah, Be- because <laughs> so, you know, back in 2018 and this is pre pandemic and I want to make sure everybody knows it's pre pandemic. So you could just imagine the numbers right now. But back in 2018, uh, Northwell and Katz Institute for Women's Health partnered with NRC Health and they did a survey. Now, the survey on one side, they surveyed uh, women from the New York, Connecticut, tri-state area. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, they, they surveyed women on a national scale and men, and men on a national scale. Now, the study showed that 43 percent 
of the women from the tri-state area suffered from stress uh, coming from work-life balance. And the other side, the women that, you know, didn't live in New York City and the men that didn't live in New York City, they actually show lower numbers. So uh, on a national scale, 38% of the women said they uh, suffered from a work-life balance and 41% of the men on a national scale said they suffered from a work-life balance. So when I saw these numbers, I'm like, all right, ladies, y'all living in New York City, Connecticut, New Jersey area, y'all must have a lot going on. And I could just imagine the stressors that's happening right now, post-pandemic or still pandemic or whatever pandemic we're in. Wasita, have you seen a certain spike, you know, as a holistic wellness specialist, have you seen a certain spike in certain stressors that people are suffering from today that you help them with? I think because women are now starting companies more and climbing the corporate ladder, but also the responsibility of becoming someone wife or being a wife or having children, we still are trying to stick to grandma's recipe of I can do it all versus in delegating. Delegating is not just about at your job. Delegating your life is also important. It's important to have a community around you that can support you. And if you don't have that, you need to hire and say, I'm going to get a babysitter. You know, I'm going to let my husband cook the night. We still sometimes struggle between grandmothers saying, I cook dinner every night, but you're also trying to climb the corporate ladder or start your own company. Now, I believe that there's something called stress denial. Mm -hmm. I call it SD. And I, I have a lot of friends. I'm like, you suffering from SD. And they're like, what is that, Greg? I was like, I don't know. I just coined a term, stress denial. Because I believe that everybody, we think that we can just take on everything, you know, especially living here in New York City, hustle and bustle, you know, you can get it. Um, but I believe that there are just some common stressors that we deny because we might feel it's a weakness. What are some common stressors that people have in their life that, you know, it's, it could be a red flag? Well, A, I think that we don't realize what stress looks like. So because we like Stress means you're like running around crazy and you can't get out of this and now you're depressed. You could literally want to eat more, eat less, be short patient and just not your normal mood and also be experiencing stress. I sometimes get stressed out. I notice on the train. As soon as I get out that door and I'm on the train, I just feel this desire, especially after watching the news. Like, is anybody on here going to do anything? Let me out listen to my music. That energy alone, I have to then de-stress of that to move out throughout the day which is why I'm always like, I need to go to yoga. I need a little bit of meditation for 10 minutes because that subway ride, that alone, not to mention social media, making it look like everyone else's world is amazing, but your world. It always looks like that. Everyone else has it together but you, and it really can affect the way you feel about yourself and how you feel like you're not where you need to be. Mm. Now, what are three things that maybe, you know, people can do at work that are just simple techniques to lower their stress levels. So I am all about putting on a headset and taking five minutes listening to whether it's a sound bath or, you know, just soft music. I'm all about that. I'm also really strict about when I'm answering my emails and things like that, because that's another thing, right? We're like, oh God, emails, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Having strict boundaries around when you wanna do those things and taking a lunch and sometimes taking it with your coworkers, sometimes coming out of your job and going outside for lunch, I think it's very helpful. Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome, Marcita. Thank you. And I do feel like creating boundaries at work is a part of radical self-care. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a part of what I do, too. I create those boundaries. I keep everything at work. What happens at work stays at work. It doesn't transfer over into my home life. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
and I do take a mindful minute and I listen to meditation um, in the workplace. I'll put the headphones on to kind of tune people out. Greg calling my name all the time, which is annoying. I can only imagine. <laughs> so that's a part of my radical <laughs> Full disclosure of denial of that statement right there, Your Honor. <laughs> that's a part of it. Um, Shaq. But Shaq. also, see, here he goes. Shaq. This is what he does. So, you know, and also radical self-care. Uh, and Greg mentioned all these statistics. I also, I too did some reading. Um, I read Radical Self-Care as DIB in the Workplace. Um, it's an article by Dr. Crystal Bell. And in the article, she talks about psychological safety, which is basically how you be bringing your authentic self to work and being comfortable doing that because you feel psychologically safe. Um, to share ideas and to communicate with your managers and leadership and with your coworkers. So in your opinion, how can we create psychological space, safe spaces in the workplace? I think it's being interested in your employees, getting to know them on a more personal level. I'm not saying you have to like take them out to dinner, but knowing more about them, they've passed their resume, where they grew up, what is their lifestyle like? That tells you so much about a person and also tells you about how they may say something, what they may ideas may be. Maybe they don't like working in groups. But once you know that, then I feel like as a leader, you can better um, direct them and help them grow. Because ultimately, leaders at a job want you to grow. But if you're unconnected with the people there, how can you best help them? So basically, you know, kind of creating that community at yes. work. And I feel like that will help people become more psychologically safe. Yes. Uh, and we do that community in the work that we do in the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion office and our work. We create spaces and programming for people to feel comfortable sharing their thoughts and ideas and also having conversation around race and gender issues. That is also a part of radical self-care and um, being psychologically safe at work. So what is your radical self-care framework and how would you incorporate that into the work you do? So how I ran a care for myself, I am the queen of self-care, so I have no problem saying no. Um, as I get older, I'm realizing you don't have to explain why you said no either. You just can say no and let it go, right? I'm taking naps for myself and knowing when to slow down. I constantly have to remind myself that everything's aligned. Oftentimes I feel like I'm not getting enough done. And I'm like, yes, you are. Nothing is for you is for you, right? It's not running away from you. It's coming to you. So I think reminding myself of that allows me to, whether it's take a nap, hold space and hang out with a friend, whether it's Friday. I went to the zoo last week. I think it was on a Tuesday. And I was like, I felt like I needed it. Mm -hmm. I felt like Monday was a bit too turned up for me. So Tuesday, I just went to the zoo and relaxed. And I'm okay with someone feeling like, oh, aren't you special? On a Tuesday, you went to the zoo. I'm like, yes, I did. Yes, that is special. That's that special. was for you. Yes, that, yes, was, that was for you. I, sometimes I don't do anything on the weekends. I just sit in because that, that's for me. And that's, that's what I need um, to help myself. Greg, how do you care for yourself. Ooh, don't you ask me. You know I'd be what listen and and now I'm about to use ineloquent um English because you know I'd be watching my wrestling, not my MMA. I like watching other people be aggressive because I'm not aggressive. But that those that know me, yes I do serve my country. But I don't like being aggressive unless I have to be aggressive. But I don't know Shaq, that's my radical self-care. I like watching other people be mad. It just does something for me. 
Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> so I was like, why did I ask him this question? <laughs> so, Wasita, let me ask you this. You know, we are the largest social service agency in America. And I have to put that out there, Shaq. You know, come on now. I'm proud of where I work, you know. I just want you to give some tips because I love tips. I love, you know, helping people learn a little something, something, you know, that can help them. Um, let's get to the psychological self-care and radical self-care Three tips on how people can combine the two. And if you want, you know, cite the sound bath stuff, cite what is working today that you see. So I know for me, a lot of my friends have an issue with sleeping. You know, like sleep's a big thing. I like to at night. I mean, everyone was sleeping. I've been listening to someone else's sound bath that really helps me out. In the morning, I listen to someone else's guided meditation, and that really helps me feel like I'm wanting to start. But I've also been really into being outside. Even though it's cold, it's weird. I'm like, I wanna go outside, I wanna be in the fresh air, I wanna walk the park, I wanna appreciate nature. So I think anytime you can do that for yourself, along with a type of movement, whether you wanna do five or 10 minutes in the house or dancing, being Franklin, doing your own thing, boxing thing, movement of the body has been proven to release a lot of stress and anxiety. So move your body, listen to a sound bath or meditation and stay out and go outside. And most importantly, have a community. If you don't have a community, start really building a community of friends and family that you can talk to and they can keep an eye on you. That sounds good. And you can start your community here at work in our office. If you want to build a network, if you want to join uh, one of our heritage groups because we have so many, let us know. Um, also, yes, movement. We even have stuff on wellness and going for walks. And again, I like being outside in the cold too. I like the way the cold feels when it hits my face. It feels good. Um, it's weird. I never thought I would. I told my friend yeah. the other day, if somebody would have said, you're going to love to go for walks outside, like six years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. I would never do anything outside. But now, I think through pandemic, I just got really, really into the park and Bushy Central Park. And I realized not every city has that. Not every place has a beautiful park that's yeah. so close by. So, and it doesn't cost me. So, thank you. Yeah. I'm going to close out with this quote from Audre Lorde. Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It's, it is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. So, think about that when you think about this podcast and, you know, radical self-care and how it relates to um, the diversity, equity, and inclusion space and building a sense of belonging in the workplace. Thank you. The Grier Project podcast series is produced by the New York City Department of Social Services, Human Resources Administration, and Department of Homeless Services. You can find us on the web at www.nyc.gov/dss.